Hey there, I'm Meg Dewalabi, and I am Amy Tianyi Zhao. Welcome to the Spark, a podcast that is a continuation of a conversation sparked between us one summer evening in China. We would love for you to join in on the conversation and listen along as we talk about everyday topics, big and small, as two women from two backgrounds, cultures, and countries. Everything starts with a spark. We all have the power to kindle a spark that makes us realize we are more alike than we are different. Hey, everyone! If you're joining us right now, you're joining us on our tenth episode, and this is a huge milestone for us. If you've been walking this journey with us, we want to say thank you. Your support means so much. And while we're on the topic of journeys, creating this episode has been just、oh、that. Oh God! Yes, <laughs> it's been quite the journey.、Um, Amy and I, man, we've been sitting with this episode for a while, and it's just—it is journey is the only word I can think to describe it.、Um, but、uh, the thing is about this episode, the reason why it was a journey was because. Amy and I realized the topic that we're trying to put on the table. We had two separate journeys to the topic, respectively, and the topic of this episode is the relationship that we as women have with our bodies.、Um, Amy was coming at it from one angle, and I was coming at it from the other, and we realized we were both trying to relate to one another's journeys rather than realizing that the place that we ended up was the same. And so, the, this is the fourth and final installment of our woman series, and we both believe it's a pivotal one、um, when it comes to bringing the series home, and when it comes to embarking on the next ten episodes and beyond.、Um, because really, it outlines what we're trying to do with this podcast in the first place. So, let's get into it.、Um, let's open up the topic.、Um, With how we as women and our like how our relationships are with our bodies, and what that looks like across cultures,、um, because like I said before, our journeys are both very different, and we want to show you that. But we also want to show you that no matter how different the journeys are, two people across the world can end up at the same place. Yeah, for sure. I definitely relate a lot to the last part of what you said because. My relations with my body a confusing one, and I would like to start off this quote unquote journey by telling a story about this girl. Let's call her D. She was my former classmates in middle school, and by then everyone had their own blog. It was a different time.、Um, <laughs> I was. A blogger as well, and I was hosting this blog with quite some followers, and I had my own circle of people that we all wrote under our pseudo names. All in a sudden, there was this new girl came into the virtual world, and she we knew that she was from our school, but she was posting something that was completely different from what everyone else has been doing. She was posting her sexual encounters with upperclassmen as a fourteen, fifteen-year-old girl, and everyone was shocked because we've never seen anything like that. 
and one mission was to find out who she was. After a month of investigation, we finally realized, we finally had a sense of who she was, and we have our, um, we had our uh, clue that she is this girl from the class next to us, and I decided to find out if she was really that girl. The we had PE class together, and one day we all got our period, so we were walking on the track. And I popped a question to her. I said, I asked her if she if she's D, and to my surprise, she answered me with no hesitation. It seems like she was really open about it, even in real life. Um, and I was, and I I became the one who was uncomfortable because I was like, oh. I didn't realize this myth is going to be disclosed this fast. Wow. Uh, I was I was a little, and I became the uncomfortable one, even though I thought she was the one who wrote uncomfortable things. And while we were walking, all in a sudden, she asked me, "Have you ever tried to put something in your vagina?" And I said, "Excuse me." She said, "Have you ever tried to put a cucumber or a chopsticks in your vagina? It felt great." Whoa. And I said, <laughs> I was shocked because to me, that sound like you were hurting yourself. That sound like you had some psychological problems. Um, wow. Mind it, I never had any sex education beforehand. I've never, the closest I've ever been to something remotely close to sex education is probably my mom told me about having period. And that was about it. I didn't wow. know how what sex was. I didn't know that was what your your body part of your vagina was supposed to do. I didn't know how are you going to do about it. I just have it, but like, what am I supposed to do about it? I don't know. And putting something in there sounds wrong. <laughs> it just sounds wrong. It didn't right. sound right. But I knew it was. It felt shameful for some reason, even though I didn't know what that was. It still felt shameful, and immediately I walked away from her. Um, two months afterwards, we had our first sex education in our middle school. It was a sponsored event by this pad company, and in the morning, we had this truck full of pads came into our middle school. Boys and girls were separated into different rooms, and immediately felt mysterious. We there was this quote-unquote psychologist she was invited for the girl session uh, because we I came from a small middle school all of the girls could fit into one classroom and the psychologist didn't tell us what sex was she briefly mentioned what period was and distributed the pads and then immediately she jumped into the topic of sex without explaining what that was wow and the idea of the thing of the of the lecture was don't have sex before you are married we're not religious, um, but this abstain idea later on I realized was similar to some Western religious religious concept. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the psychologist um, said that the majority of her patients were women crying about their lives, about how sad of a life that they were having. And the majority of these women had sex before they get married and their husband were discontent with them about that. Wow. Um, so 
but no one dared to ask what sex was. And obviously everyone was shocked and everyone was scared and we still didn't know what she was talking about, but no one dared to ask. And at the end of the lecture, we heard this girl crying on the back of our seat. Um, she was in the last row and and everyone turned around and we saw Dee crying and everyone was, by then, most of the people in the school knew that she was the girl who, who wrote about her uh, sexual journey. So she had a bad reputation and um, people weren't surprised and everyone called her a freak. So we walked out from that lecture thinking that we just had a lecture with a freak. Wow. Fast forward, um, one Monday afternoon, a girl jumped from the balcony and that was the girl D. According to other people say what happened was in her classroom, her classroom was literally next two hours, but I didn't, I wasn't in the room, so I didn't know what happened exactly. But what other people said was there was this guy and obviously he didn't know what he was talking about. He was just joking or he was teasing with her. And he said, if you dare to write about those things online, I I dare you, I dare you jumping from this balconies. Wow. And then immediately she did it. Wow. Um, and everyone was scared. A lot of people saw that happen, that ha uh, the moment when it happened and Luckily, she didn't die, but I've never seen her ever again. She was she was injured very badly. Um, but some people, there was also rumor saying that she was pregnant. So that was also one of the reasons why she jumped, because she couldn't afford abortion or something. I didn't know. That was just a rumor, so I didn't know. But the, but the thing was, the accident was she jumped. Yeah. Um, and we were asked to write on a piece of paper immediately our relations with her. And immediately I, I, re I, I rejected to confirm that I know her. Mm -hmm. I said I didn't know her. I never had any conversation with her. Obviously not the conversation I had with her during PE class. And it was funny because no one, I think no one in our grade, wrote on that paper that they were close to her everyone was trying to alienate from her because we see her as a very bad influence and we 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 saw her um as someone who's different from us wow. and i also thought people tried to she she had a bad reputation not only because she wrote these things online most importantly she didn't live up to the expectations of what people think she would she might be people envision that the girl who wrote about these things should be someone who's at least prettier than than her she wasn't the most beautiful girl that you could ever seen she's not the most popular girl in in our entire grade she's just a normal girl but um people double like there was this double hatred not only because she said something that was so taboo but also because she is just not 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 the not, she doesn't she didn't fit into the image that we we envisioned mm. and it was funny because looking back she was the only one who was telling the truth she was the only one who knew what was going to happen to your body and what what are you going to go through as a woman and she ended up being the only one who jumped and after 
her uh, attempt to suicide, I started having those urge to look up informations online. I wanted to know more about my body because I was so confused about it, and I didn't dare to ask because it sounded taboo. And now she she she's gone. I wanted to know more about it, and then the feeling of shame and the fact that I wanted to know about more own, my own body sounds wrong to me at that time. Yeah. But it didn't stop me, and I was keep going. And thank thank media, it gave me a lot of um, information and and materials from different part of the world on this specific subject matter. So my relations with my body didn't end up like hers. Yeah. But um, it was at an age where everyone was confused. Everyone was scared. And I felt that scared. I, I, I knew that everyone was scared and everyone wanted to know. But no one dared to ask. And the relations with your body was completely twisted just because of this whole incident. So... Yeah, it's that was my first sense. encounter mm-hmm. with uh, my own body. I'm glad that it turned out all right, but unfortunately, she didn't. And who knows how many other girls are out there because they wanted to know more about their body and they maybe want to put those information online for as their own self-defense mechanism or as, I don't know. But yeah, it, it, it was completely twisted, not by herself, but by the her environment, how the environment happened. that she was in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's incredible to think because, I mean, across the world at the same time when you were going through all of this, I was also coming into my own relationship with my body. And um, for me, about in middle school, um, people started telling me that I was so beautiful and um so then all of a sudden I was very interested. I wanted to know more. Like, why do you think that I'm beautiful? Um, and I just kind of, I think it kicked off something inside of me that told, I mean, basically I was receiving messages constantly that my beauty is my currency. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I got the idea that if I'm beautiful, I will be fine. If I maintain my beauty, it's for me and it will get me through this world. And um, that was a very interesting time because in when you're in the middle school age, for example, like you said, everything is very fragile. It's very unknown. Um, and you're very vulnerable as a woman um, coming into your own. But this is the time when that relationship with your body begins. And so for me, as I began, like as I moved through middle school and then I got into high school, um, that was when I think the pivotal moment of this idea in my mind had taken shape where I decided I wanted to get into modeling. If my beauty was my currency, why not make it work for me? And Mm -hmm start having some sort of job in high school modeling or something like that. And people will be interested in me and admire me 
because I wanted, you know, when you, when you get a little of positive reinforcement on something, doesn't matter what it is, you want more and Mm -hmm. being in modeling and being able to say, yes, I'm a model. People look to me for my beauty. I think in my mind, subconsciously, I thought, well, then maybe I can be untouchable at this Mm -hmm. point. And, um, so I got into modeling my sophomore year when I was 15 years old. And, um, a lot of the times in the States, you see that parents push their children into things like this, modeling and acting and singing to really maybe even live out a dream that they didn't get to when they were younger. Um, but for me, it was just the opposite. I was pushing my parents into this and I, made them drive me to the photo shoots, to the casting calls. My mo- my modeling career was very short-lived. And it. I think the relationship with my body really took a turn mm-hmm. when I went into one of my first meetings with the agency. And uh, in the beginning, they take what they call, I think it's, um, oh my gosh, something like proofs or something like that. It's just the the raw digital photos or digitals, they called it digital. So the raw digital photos of you, they look, they do one of your face straight on and then they do side, Mm -hmm. side, and then they do one of your body straight on side, side. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I did that and they took those pictures and then they, I came back for the meeting with them to kind of start to get everything kicked off. And, my dad was in there with me. I remember this very vividly. Um, and they laid my digitals out on the table in front of mm-hmm. me and they looked at, they looked at me and then they pointed to the pictures. They said, you have acne on your forehead that needs oh. to go. And they said, and look at your stomach. You need to maybe do some more crunches. Like these things need to, basically they were ripping my body apart in front of me at 15 and my dad was sitting right there. And I know my dad was just probably so beside himself, you know, for someone to be telling me all the things that are wrong with me. That's my body. I can't control, you know what I mean? I I'm plus your body is changing during that time. So Mm -hmm. you're not going to have like an athlete's body at age 15 when your body is consistently taking different shapes at that time because you're Mm -hmm. still going into yourself. So in that moment, I received the message that my body is not serving me at the moment when it comes to beauty and Mm -hmm. I need to change it. So I would work out. I would um, do all these things. And then I wasn't doing them because I felt good doing them. And that's the difference. And, um, I was punishing myself. That's what I was doing. I was punishing myself to fit a mold because I was suddenly the one thing that was supposed to be my currency was not doing its job for me. And, mm-hmm. um, so then I, during that time too, I came back to the agency. I was still trying to go for it. And, uh, they told me, well, I think that you'll be successful in Asia because, mm-hmm all the women in Asia want what you have. They want to be tall. They want, they have fair skin. They want to have fair skin and they want to have blonde hair. And I thought that was so interesting because 
um, because it seemed like in America, we wanted those things for ourselves that people on the other side of the world already had. We wanted darker skin. Mm -hmm. We wanted dark hair. We wanted these different things that our bodies weren't. And, um, Mm -hmm. so it was all very interesting. So all of that, all that time during middle school and in high school, I think I was at war with my body. Um, because I was trying to make it, I, I was, I was, in my mind, I was just adding up to whatever my body was instead of being so much more than that. And, um, this all led to a shame spiral for me. I think I, I wasn't, I wasn't thin enough. My face wasn't clear enough. All yeah. these different things. Um, you became very dissatisfied with your body and what, and the final product of it. Yeah. Yes. And it's been an ongoing journey ever since, but to have such a tumultuous relationship um, with my body when I'm supposed to be building relationship with it, um, Mm -hmm. I think can be very, um, it's, it sets you up in a way that maybe might not be the most enjoyable in your future, but um, no. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that because we've been talking a lot about our relations with other people, our relations with our mental state, our relations with this and that as a woman. But we still, until now, we didn't talk about our relations with ourselves and especially the physical part of ourselves. Sometimes when I look at the mirror, I feel like my mind and body are different. And I'm looking at myself from a third person perspective and I was judging myself and I was so confused. Why I, why am I trapped into this body? Um, how can I make it better? Yeah. It felt unfair. There was a feeling of unfairness, but also while I was trying to, to get used to this body, this thing that I'm in, that my mind is in, um, there was so many things that I need to figure out. Why, why why did I get period? Why did she get an abortion? Well, that was a huge jump. But um, all these things, why, why, why am I not as tall as I wanted to be? Why am I not as slim as I wanted to be? Mm-hmm. All these things, um, our minds are separated from our physical appearance. And that's yes. and the shame that I created because I was judging myself from a third person perspective. And even the the confusion mm-hmm. felt like a shame because first, why didn't I know more about my own body? Second, mm-hmm. why is knowing your body a taboo? And it feels wrong to know more about your body because it sounds so obscene. It sounds so impure, mm-hmm. especially like yeah, not now, but more more so in middle school when the environment in the environment that I was in. So that's why. I wanted to, we wanted to do this episode because the feelings are universal. It's a shame that we all share, but it's also a shame that none of us deserves. Um, and, and we, in the shame of being a girl, no matter where you're from, it's, it's, it's real. And mm-hmm. it's not like you're from the West, quote unquote, the West, whoever knows where that might be. 
then you don't have that feelings anymore. No, you do. And your story demonstrated it. Your story proved to other people, to middle school me who thought, you know, if you go to the States or if you go to Britain, people wouldn't have, wouldn't judge you for, for your body. You will be free knowing all of these information and talk about it freely with other people. Yes, but it also came with a price that when you're so open about it, you, you are also open for judgment. Right. And your body is like a shield. It's, mm-hmm. it's taking all these, it's taking all these punishments, taking all these um, information and eventually it's going to do something to your mind as well. Yes. And so I, th- mm-hmm, sorry. Oh, I would just like to add, I think, you know, out of all the relationships that we as women can have, the relationship that we have with ourselves is the most important. And that means ourselves means, can you sit with yourself? Can you sit with your mind? Can you sit with your body and be at peace? And if you can, then you will have better relationships outside of the one with yourself. It is the most important relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But really, but we, we're more, more so talking about physical relations right like exactly acceptance to what your body is like because Mm -hmm. it's not something that we could we 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 can choose um it's something that we were born with and right you just have to live with it and to make peace with it and not not to put yourself in a constant battle or in a constant shame and there's nothing shameful about knowing it but i mean it's easy for me to say it now Mm -hmm. looking back Mm-hmm. But if if I were going through it all over again, I would still feel shameful mm-hmm. to know more about my body because it's just the amount of confusion and it, it just felt quote unquote gross, right? Didn't you hear that word before when you're younger? Like it, yeah. it's it's so gross. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the good thing is we all share it. We all share that kind of feelings and we can talk about it now because these past shape us into the people that we are today right. and the women that we are today even though we came from different cultural backgrounds and that's what this whole thing is about this is what this whole podcast is about i know one metaphor that i mentioned to you before was that i may eat with chopsticks but you you may eat with fork and knife but we all end up having food we all end up eating Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of programs out there telling people about the differences like and this keep do like put a lot of a lot of emphasis on the fact that i'm using chopsticks and you're using forks Mm -hmm. however it's our mission to emphasize more on the fact that we eat food because i think it's about time that we go one step forward to share more than just the differences yes um not that one is better than the other but i just think it's one step forward because the sympathetic especially the the alliances the feelings that women have not no women no two individuals are the same no matter you're a woman or a man and but but the feelings that we share is something to bond us together so yes. um so yeah, so I think I I really enjoyed sharing my stories with you, even though both of them are so different, but um, there are some similarities to it. We arrived at the same place, and that's yes. 
Yeah. And that's the heart of it all is the heart of it all is what unites us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's been a long journey. Four episodes on women. Um, but it's never too many. Right. Uh, yeah, but we, we want to end this whole thing on the note that to make peace with your body, with yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with a friend who you think might like it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast, Facebook at the spark, Twitter at this is the spark, WeChat at the spark podcast and YouTube at the spark podcast. See you there.